Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Zion's Finest. This is Kenny Brown and I am joined by my brother Samuel Sweeten. We are so glad that you have taken the time to listen to this episode. What we're going to be doing today is it's going to be a shorter episode where we're going to try and focus on assessing at, at least in a preliminary fashion what we think the state of the meta is two months in. And the basis for this is going to be looking at TTS results, Longshanks results, and also just the, the the tournaments that we have seen that where results have been reported, um, just share some comments and thoughts on that. So it'll be fun, a little bit shorter, but if you are here for competitive meta analysis or just information, we've got it for you. So first off, we want to encourage everyone to join the Slack. We will, as always, have a link to join in the show notes. Join the Slack, have fun uh, doing the list building. Things have been kind of quiet while Sam and I have uh, well, actually, a lot of us, we were at a, a little convention called ZyFiCon. And what that is, is it's just this fun thing that we started doing. Um, it grew out of the Imperial Assault community, and we decided that we wanted to host a convention. But we we don't we weren't playing miniatures games, although Shatterpoint was played um, at, at this convention. But it's all for board games. So we, um, it's, we live in northern Utah. Sam and I played... Uh, I played dozens and dozens of board games. How many games did you play, Sam? Oh, I probably played um, probably around 20. It was yeah. a lot of games. I, I honestly, I think I probably played North at like around 25 games. It was just awesome. Tons of fun yeah. over the course of two and a half, three days. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but now that that is over, we are ready to be diving back into Shatterpoint. I can get back to painting my... Uh, Oh, my list of figures to paint. How Sam, how far into painting are you? So, um, I'm not much of a painter. Um, I've had, I've oh, hired a, right. a buddy of mine to paint a bunch of my stuff. And yeah. he is almost done with everything. There's about four minis, I think, left from the yeah, you, set expansions. So. That's smart. I am, I am OCD enough that I really want to paint my own stuff because I have a... I'm not a very good painter, but I have an idea as to how I want things to look. Um, but I, I ha- Scott is painting my Vader because I know he will do an excellent job. And also just because I want to play Vader soon-ish, but I also want him to be painted perfectly. And Scott will do that. So, um, so anyway, but we're diving back into Shatterpoint. So join the Slack, join the discussion, have fun doing our list building. Also, please rate and review the podcast. We are on all major platforms. Give us a five-star rating, please, or a thumbs-up rating, and leave us a review. Encourage you to check out uh, the other content creators that are currently, that I have been able to find, that are currently producing podcasts. Right now, I'm subscribed to Jedi's Order, Hello There, Rogue Support, Wonga, and Momentous Struggle. Everyone's actually pretty consistent with releasing podcast episodes every few weeks, every week, and every month. It's I mean, there's a lot of great content and they are all pretty different in their style. So I would encourage you to check everyone out and see if you find a podcaster that you particularly enjoy. It's a lot of fun. I love how passionate everyone is about investing in the community. So make sure you check them out, rate and review their podcast as well. For news, the only, uh, so there's not a ton that's been happening over the last little bit. We have learned that the Mace Windu and Talzin waves have been delayed right sam yes they've been delayed in the u.s till the beginning of september um is their estimated release date for that that's not 100 percent confirmed that it will be the beginning of september it could be later okay. um 
but uh, they're shooting for the beginning of December for the release for that. Could it be earlier than the beginning of September? Potentially, I wouldn't bet on it. Okay. Um, we we did just see the pawns and arf troopers were spoiled this last week. I think the biggest thing is that pawns is a three-point secondary. We don't want to yeah. do too much heavy analysis at this point. I, I We all kind of share the same philosophy that obviously it's great to have spoilers and to talk about them, but it's really hard to know how things are actually going to work until you're playing them on the table. But Sam, do you have any just you know, good short thoughts on pawns as a three point secondary, what that's going to do for the game or ARF troopers. Yeah. So I think both of those units are going to see a lot of play when they're released. I think that pawns being only three points um, makes Anakin a lot more flexible. You don't have to bring the Pybo first. I think ARF troopers seem to be more Magna Guard B1. My initial reading of them is they're more on that level than they are on the Pybo first level. So yep, I think Galactic I think. Republic gets like uh, a really good injection of good secondary and support pieces here with the Mace Windu locks. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, so Mace Windu, I, I think Mace Windu pawns and art troopers is going to be, that is going to be his build, I think, maybe, um, initially. Um, but maybe not. I mean, pawns is obviously going to be with Mace because you don't have any other options um, with a three-point second secondary. But I do think that will kind of be the initial grouping for him and then it'll be really interesting to see if another three-point supporting unit gets slotted in with him if they release more three-point secondaries who are a better fit for mace who just seems like he's going to be a powerhouse so yeah it'll be really fun for op events okay so while we were at ZyfyCon playing a million board games i was checking on facebook especially the facebook group because and uh well i was checking there to just see if people were chiming in reporting in on OP results, and it seems like there were a lot of tournaments happening. We are going to discuss some of the results that we saw. In Utah, there was a 16-person tournament at a board game store in Salt Lake City. 16 people, despite the fact that at least between 6 to 8 of the people who play Shatterpoint were at ZyphiCon, which is pretty awesome. So uh, it seems like they're, we're having great tournaments. I think people, their miniatures are painted. People are getting more into the game. Summer is not winding down, but we're past the midway point, so people are going to be able to start going out to more events. It just seems like it seems like a really exciting time to be playing. So lots of OP stuff happening. We'd encourage you to check out any local tournaments that you've got showing up is going to really encourage these stores to host more events. Okay, let's go to our recent game summary. Sam, I was I am not because of ZyfiCon, I wasn't able to play any games this week, but Sam, do you want to discuss games that you played? Yeah, so Matt and I jammed three games back-to-back-to-back right at the beginning of ZyphiCon. I so, love it. Uh, um, I played... All, everything I played had Grievous. I played some Grievous Dooku and some Grievous Maul with some various configurations with those. And Matt played... Um, uh, he played... Uh, Obi, Annie with the Padawans, Ferris and, and uh, Snips. And then he yep. played a Mando list as well. Um, Did he play his Mando clone hybrid list? I no, no, I well, I'm trying to call exactly what he played. I think it was pure Mandos. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, he played pure Mandos and he played Black Republic with, uh, with Padawans. That was all he played. Cool. So, um, mm-hmm. what? How did the games go? Um, they were all pretty decisive separatist victories. 
Really? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was there was one game that made it to struggle three, but okay. uh, um, he, it made it to struggle three. But he had his super commandos who had been wounded twice. Um, and the next time they go, they would have been gone. He had uh, lots of people who were wounded, and uh, he couldn't didn't have enough unwounded material to contest points at the top of the third struggle. So it just kind of I still had lots of pieces. I could just kind of swarm the board, and we couldn't reactivate these people to get them injured instead of wounded fast enough to score their points. Yeah. So, so you played all lists with Grievous. Were they all some kind of? Were they Grievous Dooku? What were your primaries? That other primaries that you were running with him? Yeah, so I played Grievous Dooku and Grievous Maul. The um, yeah, yeah. So I tried both of those. Uh, they both played excellently. Um, the Grievous, um, and I I also played the B2s in all those games and Kraken. I just wanted to try out the Grievous box. Okay. Um, so I got experience with lots of those units. Then I mixed and matched other Separatists, Kalani, Django, B1s, Magnas. Just kind of mixed in and played with a lot of things. Grievous really impressed me. Uh, yeah. The ability to move so many models on his turn. Um, I thought B2s were really excellent too. Yeah. And uh, it, Kraken and Kalani are real interesting because um, Kalani, his tactics ability feels better early game, but late game, you think you would rather have Kraken's tactics ability because um, his is global. Kalani's yeah. ability to add extra dice still just is incredible and worth that extra point cost. For but sure. It's an interesting... Like Kalani's better at moving people early game, Kraken's better late. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. So let's we're going to be talking about General Grievous as kind of our unit highlight. But before we do, I just want you to give a general assessment in terms of did Grievous because I mean you're running Grievous, you're running B ones and yeah. B twos, and we we've noticed I we saw there was a little bit of negative chatter around the B twos, maybe just because. For one more point, it didn't seem like they were that much better than B1s. Do you? F I, I assume you don't think that's the case? Oh, no. I think B2s are incredible, especially okay. with Grievous. Um, yeah. I think their expertise for free damage is exactly what you want on five dice attacks. Like, that is a great point. You're just rolling and you're fishing for crits and expertise because every single one of those is extra damage. And so Grievous is going to come in, he's going to smack some people, he's going to do a lot of damage, and hopefully the B2s finish them off. Okay. Also, the, the B2s, with Kalani and the reactive ability that adds two dice, they can turn those five dice attacks into eight dice attacks out of turn. That like, is so crazy. That is a lot of dice being rolled. You know, you're going something like, uh, oh, Kalani's shooting with eight dice, and now he's making a B2 shoot with eight dice, and... You know, it's uh, you can easily spike someone off the board. Kind of the crazy thing with um, the, the B2's large base is real big. Yeah, um, so they're a little with, bit faster. They're a little bit faster. It's important for the dashes, too, between Kalani and Kraken and Grievous. With all the extra movement they got, um, in one of my games against Matt, my B2's first activation was wounding Bo before she even activated. Oh, my gosh. And I before she had pushed, activated once. Before she had activated once, because I'd been able to move up with my people, and then they have their own dash if you want. You've been forced to dash them. Yes. And then I attacked Bo. She wasn't contesting an objective, because you know they, he had positioned her by 
an objective that ended up not being active, so she didn't have protection and steadfast. So yeah. I attacked her, I wounded her, and I shoved her to the edge of the board. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the B2 battle droids, they, their stats seem really good. They're doing, I mean, their dice is 6-5, so 5 range for 4, 5 range, 6 dice. Melee is 5 dice, but you're going to be rolling. Their, their expertise on offense is really, or on melee is really bad. Yep. Um, but you, you are going to be rolling additional dice because of Kalani. And that just, and also they have saturation fire. If the their target is contesting an active objective, they're going to roll two more dice. So that's going to yep. negate protection. They they do feel very strong. Their their expertise on defense is not great. Um, their, their defense dice aren't great, but they have eight health uh, and they have protection. So that doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by them. I think they really add a lot of damage to that list. And they're really good against everyone except for people who can one-shot them on the defensively. Like, yeah, putting clone pot shots into them feels kind of bad. Yeah, because, I mean, putting a clone pot shot into... I mean, they're going to roll four, four defense dice on ranged. And their expertise is okay. Not great, but they have protection. So that just, you're not going to one-shot them. And you are not going to destroy, you're not going to kill them in an act- activation. Unless you insanely yeah. high roll, which feels real bad. Yeah. They, they feel real good, so. There you go. Um, well, I mean, I feel like, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to talk about Grievous. And then, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about if we feel like the Seps are doing are a little too strong. I don't think they are. I think it's more just kind of our pocket meta with you playing Seps and being a really strong player. But they do feel really strong. But before we do that, let's talk about Grievous. So he's going to be the uh, the unit highlight. Sam, maybe would could you just run down his uh, character card and let's quickly discuss his combat trees and then we'll get into it. Yeah, so Grievous comes in at 11 stamina, 3 durability. Pretty tanky, just yep. stat-wise. Um, he has a tactics ability that moves a battle droid in the source of activation, so extra movement. The, uh, yep, onward, which is free, yep. which is awesome. Um, he can scuttle for a force, which allows him to advance or climb, is what the, the gist of it. Um, he has an ability that I don't think is incredible but it's nice just to have he can spend two force and deal two damage to enemies we didn't attack around him it's situational but can be useful that's not why you're playing him um his best ability on his guard is probably appetite for destruction that's after he makes an attack choose a support they get to dash and make a five dice attack against the same enemy um even if you wound them with grievous you're still getting to dash these people your supports and maybe get some conditions or shoves on this person who just wounded and kind of make them suffer even more. Um, attacking wounded people can be valuable. I hear sometimes people are like, oh, Grievous is just going to one-shot them and then this tech doesn't do anything. No. You still get three position your guys. You 100%. More points, and you can still mess with their positioning or, you know, with your shoves or if you can get some conditions off. Um, and then his identity is fine. It's nothing, yeah. it's nothing crazy. When he wounds a person, he gets to heal some, and if it's a force user, he gets some force. Yeah. So yeah, I think like it's it, like you said, it's fine. Like it's it's great. I mean, I have been training your Jedi arts, and and another fine addition to my collection are both like cool abilities. But it's like you're saying those are not the reason you're taking this character. But I feel like yeah. they they can give you a great upside. Uh, those those yep. can be have great upsides. I agree. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, he's really all about. Grievous is about moving your team around. He will move yes. so many people. He will yes. move one battle droid at the start, one when he attacks. If he has magna guards, when he advances, he'll move stuff. Just moving your team everywhere. Yeah, exactly right. Let's uh, go through his two combat trees. Sure. Let's start with Cunning Warlord. Cunning Warlord is his side with a range attack. Um, it also it has some good control options. He has yeah. shoves, he has pins, he has reposition and recovers on his tree. Um, that tree, his expertise is fine. It's, it's for, for a primary, I should say it's fine. It's good compared to like supports and secondaries. Sure. Just in comparison to other primar- primaries, it's fine. Yeah. Um, this side is a pretty poor melee attacker with only six dice, seven yes. dice range. The best thing about this size is, is this is his defensive side. He gets an extra dice. And yep. his expertise makes him effectively immune to a lot of shoves unless they also pin him. Because one it's expertise so allows good. him to dash and three allows him to reposition. Which it's, is, that is so good. I feel like they're yeah. they, they are they're weak defensively in that they're not really mitigating a ton of damage. I you are yep. with one to two expertise, you are turning a crit to a hit, and then you are dashing three plus is a block crit to a hit, reposition, but like you're saying, th- that a, a dash on one expertise, man, that feels good. Yeah, it feels incredible, especially when, you know, people come up with they're like, okay, I'm going to smack my Magna Guards into your Grievous, and they're like, I shove you away twice, and they're like, I dash right back to where I was. Exactly. With you know, my with so. my large base, I dash right yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible. His other side is the I'm going to murder you now side, and is also That's incredible. Sick. That's so, um, so true. It's eight dice, a really pretty good expertise tree with a crit and a hit for one to two, yep. and then just extra crits and damage going up from there, which is so exactly good. what Grievous wants. Yep. Um, he can do seven damage on three steps. So he is going to, you know, murder secondaries with that, and with a follow up B to attack can really also help with that murder. If he high rolls, he's just going to one shot anybody. Yeah, can do eleven damage. He, just for for only five steps, he can do eleven, which yep. is better than most other characters. He does have a couple shoves and repositions on here. Yeah, um, yeah, but this is his murder side. I mean, the, the the great thing is is that if you go the bottom route, which is six steps, it's not five. There, it's ten damage, two shoves, and a reposition. So that's six steps. That's yeah. not like that's not going to happen a ton. But also remember that his expertise is giving him more damage. So he's yeah. going to have he's going to have great consistency in terms of being able to do high damage and like you said he's going to have magna guards with him or b2s who are going to be able if if he is not able to one shot something they're going to be able to jump in in order to help him finish them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's a really solid unit. So I think so too. I I would say um, before you give some because you've played with him I would say that w- yeah. what I have observed is that I think that he is a high skill unit in that mm-hmm. he's giving you lots of out of turn movement he is giving you I mean out of turn combat but you have to position him correctly because I do think even though he's got eleven health which is awesome his defense is not great uh, he melts I mean, pretty fast. He melts super fast. And so what you want is you want him to be with those Magna Guards who are going to prevent, uh, like, take attacks off of him or have him be, you know, screened off 
um, from people who can be able to dive in because I, I feel like that will be his weakness with a, with players who aren't as skilled. They're going to think, oh, Grievous is a murder bot. I'm just going to send him and he's going to kill everybody. And he will kill people, but he is also, like, he will he will melt pretty quickly, I think, because his, his defensive expertise just feels pretty weak on both sides, except for the repositioning. In terms of mitigating damage, they feel weak. Um, interestingly, um, I as I said, I've, I've played him a couple of times. I think more important than wounding Grievous is wounding his support characters. Agreed. Because, like, Grievous is going to move lots of people on his turn, but if they're wounded, yes. they're not. They're they're no longer contesting points. And Grievous point. is not fantastic at shoving people on his big melee side. He's decent at it on his cunning warlord side from range, but yeah. so Grievous' ability to flip points is greatly reduced when all his supports are wounded. Great point, because um, he's going to be moving them around a lot. And his big thing is he can just get bodies onto points on his turn. Yep. He's going to onward, and then he's going to appetite for destruction, and he's going to have two figures on that, two figures in addition to himself on a point, which that feels real strong. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, that I, I think that, you know, he can't, when you need to kill him, he's probably, he's relatively easy to melt, and you're going to want to position him in such a way that he is murdering key targets, and, you know, um, sometimes that'll leave him exposed. Most of the time you, do, you don't want to leave him just like, Oh, well, there's no Magna Guards around him and Darth Vader's coming to murder him, you know, because Darth Vader will murder him. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, so you'll you have to be careful about how you position him, but I think he's just incredible. Yeah, tell me, so give us your assessment. Having played him, do you think that his strongest pairing, I mean, do you think, is it Magna Guards be... B2s are, is that what you would recommend? Like, how would you recommend building your list and how would you recommend deploying what should Grievous be doing in these lists? We kind of have an idea as to what Django should be doing, what Kalani and yeah. Dooku should be doing. What's like Grievous's job? Kill people or is he, you more want to think, no, let's get, use him for out of turn movement. And if you need to go murder bot somebody, what, what are you thinking with that? Yeah. So how I think of Grievous is he is there to move my team and okay. he will murder bot people's supports and secondaries. Okay. That's, that's, that's what he is there for. He is, he is going to move your team around the board and he will look at anybody with seven health will just die to Grievous. And anybody yeah. with nine health, if yeah. he has some B2s with him, will probably just die to Grievous and his B2s following up or Magna Guards following up and attacking him. So yeah. he is going to be killing secondaries and supports. You know, there's, there's variance to that, but the odds are in your favor. That he's yeah. going to be murdering those things. So have him snipe off your opponent's weaker units and have him move people around the board. I think, um, depending on what you want to do with your list, kind of depends on what you bring with him. Like if you want to have like really droid focused Kraken and Kalani, you got to bring an eight point primary. My primary of choice with that is Maul. You can bring a Sage. Yeah. Um, and that allows you to have Kraken and Kalani and your B2s. If you're playing him with with Dooku, um, you're going to be more more restricted on those things. If you want Kalani, you're going to have to bring B1s and Magna Guards, and his mm -hmm. appetite for destruction is going to be weaker because the B2s are the best target for that. Unless your Magna Guards are close enough, they can move into melee and smack people. Great point. Um, your your B2s really are what you want to be. You know, B2s or Magnas once you want to be doing that. B1s are fine target, but their attacks just aren't as impactful as the others. 
Yeah. So um, really, when you're building your list, you're kind of thinking about what droids you want to bring with him. But he's just there to move your droids where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I also, it's interesting because, so I've been playing some Lumi recently. Lumi, it feels like a very defensive character. I mean, she is a very defensive mm-hmm. character, but she's got yeah. nine health. And while her defensive suite is really good, I feel like it's going to be tough to withstand a, you know, huge smack from Grievous to then have to withstand shots from B2s. It just feels like a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, and so if you're, anyone so, can do and, it. And, if anyone can do it, it's Lumi, but you're right. Like, gets yeah. a couple of crits through, and she's looking pretty sad. The, the, I think the biggest problem is, is that what she is designed to do is she is designed to very much mitigate um, ping shots, right? Like, ping shots she can handle. The problem is, is if you are coming through and, and Grievous is smacking with... If he gets three successes through, that's seven damage... And then, you know, and that's with, and he's rolling a lot of dice. And then with the B2s coming up, it just instantly puts just a ton of pressure on her. And so she might, if she can't survive that, then the whole thing of being able to heal off chip damage and stuff like that just doesn't work. And so then you're thinking about having to spend, assuming she's not one shot or assuming whatever is shot is not one shot, is not killed there. Now you're talking about, am I going to spend two force in order to completely heal that unit? Is it worth it? It just... I mean, I, I'm really interested to see how that works. It just doesn't feel like that what Lumi can do is quite enough. But I am very interested to see how that, that works. Yeah, I haven't played against Lumi with Grievous yet. I'm excited to. But, uh, yeah. you know, if he gets three steps through, she's just hoping those B2s don't roll expertise. Because two expertise yeah. and she's just dead. It doesn't matter yeah. what her defense is. So. Which is crazy. <laughs> that is, I'm I'm really interested in that. So, yeah, we know Grievous is strong. Obviously, he's he's very new. So, I, I've assembled mine. I haven't painted him yet. But I think we needed, obviously, get a lot model. His model's incredible. I will just say, having come from a game where the models were not great, which is Imperial Assault. I was always impressed with the Legion models, with the MCP models, and now having a game where I am, you know, overjoyed at how incredible these models are. Be- I mean, Grievous's model is one of the best I've ever seen. So dynamic, so yeah. cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it's, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be playing Grievous a lot, partly because I'm just in love with that sculpt. Like, yeah, it is. It's beautiful. It is an excellent school. Okay, so now what we're going to do is let's let's do a little meta analysis. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be discussing results from a TTS league that we have seen. That it's not the tournament is not complete, but kind of giving a mid tournament assessment. And then what we're also going to do is discuss Longshanks. So Longshanks is a is a feed or it's a repository for TTS information. We're going to discuss that. I do not know if I, I will, we will find a way to share links to this information, but you should also actually, the best thing to do is hop onto the Slack because Ulysses has shared it with us and he can give you more and excellent analysis, commentary, granular color in terms of what we're talking about. So first off, what, what we are looking at is there are 11 primaries that are currently being played. Talzin, and I'm going to read these in the order in their highest win percentage. So I'm going to be reading down the list, but we're going to be picking the res- results apart here in a second, but I'm just going to read through. We have Talzin, Vader, Ventress, the Grand Inquisitor, Lumi, Ahsoka, Dooku, Maul, Obi, Obi-Wan, Grievous, Anakin. So 
we are looking at probably around, it looks like around 300 games have been played. I'm sorry. Well, this is not going to be, that's not going to be quite right. So it's probably going to be around 150 games because obviously you're taking two primaries to each unit. Is that right, Sam? Am I looking at this data correctly? Uh, yeah. Also need to consider that in that, you know, like when it says like Darth Vader and Asajj played in one game in that same game, there could also be a Dooku in a mall. So you're playing two. So four primaries are being played in each game. Great point. Great point. Yeah. So the so the reason why what we're going to do is, um, I mean, we have got lots of games that have been played here, um, but obviously ha- the we're only looking right now at primary units and how they did. However, we're not going to go through this, but Ulysses also has the primary pairings. So Vader with Talzin, Vader with Ventress, Vader with GI, and it's that's awesome. Like that's some really you can get some really excellent material there but let me just read through i'm just going to tell you we'll read the primary and what their the games wins losses and their win percentage just so everyone can kind of have an idea as to how things are doing in the tts so talzin's been in one game which he has won vader has been in 56 games and he has a 60 percent win rate he's 32 and 21 so 60 percent in 56 games asajj has a 59 percent win rate in 40 games so she's played in 40 games and won 23 of them. The Grand Inquisitor, this really surprised me, has been in 24 games and has won 58% of them. So that's 14 wins. Lumi has been in 34 games and has, uh, she has a winning percentage of 53%, which is 18 wins. Ahsoka has been in 20 games and she's at, she's at 50%. So 20 games, 10 wins, 10 losses. Dooku... This also surprised me. All like pretty much all the rest of these surprised me. Dooku has been in 45 games with a 48% win rate. He's won 20 games and lost 22 with three draws. Maul, 40, 40 games, 46% win rate. He's 17, 17 wins, 20 losses, three draws. Obi-Wan, 58 games with a 44% win rate, 24 wins, 31 losses, three draws. Grievous, 27 games, 11 wins. 15 losses, one draw. And then at the caboose, man, this is this feels bad. Annie, 15 games, two wins, 11 losses, two draws for a 20% win percentage. So let's so Sam, give me for your initial thoughts in terms of what, what do you think is going on here? First off, we'll say we don't have the exact list. We we know. We, we can look at more granular detail in terms of what these units are running as their secondary and supporting. But Sam, what do you think? What, what do you think is going on here? Yeah, so I think part of the, this is a pretty good sample size. It's not a massive sample size. So there's, no. going, to be, there's going to be skewing in either direction. Um, I think part of what's going on here is that uh, is this, the CTS League is a highly competitive league. Yes, um, these are great and, players. Yeah, so um, you know, it's a lot of these players are some of the more competitive players from other games, from MCP, from Legion, from other stuff who have started to try this. Um, and I think a lot of what is is ha- happening is reflects that that there's uh, a lot of these results can be said to be like, hey, some of the very best players are playing Vader, therefore he's winning a lot. Okay, I, I think, I think that's that should a great be point. something to to note. That um, that that's a part of it. Also, yeah. I think when I look at this, I uh, and I look at Anakin's low win rates. Um, I think part of it, or like Obi or Lumi's low win rate, I think of like, well, 
They're bringing the 501st, who I think are kind of unequivocally the worst unit in the game right now. I think um, that's right. Um, so there's 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 that problem. And if you look at the Grand Inquisitor, I think part of the reason he's winning so much is because you've covered Vader, who is one of the best primaries in the game right now. Great, and great point. So like the the Grand Inquisitor, if he was being played, you know, with somebody else, I think he's a lot worse. Yeah. So I I also think it's the case. I think Grievous's low win rate right now. And this is obviously just based on conjecture and what I have what I have observed is an unfamiliarity with the. I mean, he's he's the newest character, right? And I I, I think Grievous is a high skill cap character uh, yep. and high ceiling character, and that he is just not. I just don't think that he has been played enough in order to maximize his value, or by players who know how to maximize his value, because I think. At 27 games, which is, it's 27 games. That's not, you know, that's a lot, but that, but like, that's not a lot for any kind yeah. of me- meaningful statistical analysis. But at 43% at, at 27 games, I mean, Vader at 60% with 56 games, that I'm like, yeah, I feel like Vader's really strong. So that kind of makes, that makes sense to me. But anyway, that, that's, that's kind of my thought with Grievous is that I do not think that, you know, we've been talking about how good he is. I don't think, obviously, this is evidence that he's not doing so hot right now in this league. But I think that that is a number that's only going to improve. Yeah, in this particular league, I think this also shows the meta snapshot of this particular league. Right? Yes. So, you know, you're seeing a snapshot of a certain group of players, and this is what is succeeding with them. And I think as we look at other data, which we'll be looking at, we're going to be seeing some different results. So this yeah. is like... One particular competitive online community has really leaned into Vader. And I've been playing yeah. in this league. I'm currently 2-1, and one, and I'm playing Blizzard from Danger Room sometime soon for my last match. So yeah. um, also an excellent We're, player. But I really good. think this reflects what's going on in this particular league. And Anakin also, besides Towson, who's only played one game, and very much an outlier, has played the least amount of games and has the lowest yes. percentage. So right. I think you know it's been showing that I think that is the most prone to heavy skewing. Yeah, I think that's right. Do you uh, do you know how many players are playing in the league? Uh, we're just shy of fifty, I believe, or maybe that's it was awesome. just over fifty, and then some drops. Okay, and so fifty players, and you are mm-hmm. playing four games each. Yep, four games. So two hundred total. So we're going to have two hundred total games. Is what we're going to be looking at once everything's done, which is that's awesome. Yeah. Very very awesome. Um, cool. Our two hundred games played between the 50 players approximately. So, okay, that's awesome. What we're going to do now is we're going to turn to this is, so that is 50-ish competitive players. They're playing in a league and that's their results. What we're going to now do is we're going to turn towards a broader view of the TTS league results. This is not, so these are people who are reporting results on long shanks. So these are not casuals. Casuals don't (laughs) casuals don't report their uh their games on long shakes but it's not a league this isn't a league this is just a sum total of all the information that's being provided so what i'm going to do is i'm going to do a similar thing i'm going to quickly go grow go through the primaries and give their what i'm going to do is just give their games and their win percentage and then we can talk about how how we think this this shakes up so first off we have mace this is i i think i'm pretty confident that this is every primary character which has been spoiled where we have the information there's nothing that's um, remaining to be disclosed we have mace who has been in two games and has won them both which seems awesome we have talzin 
Talzin's been in seven games, and she has won 70% of them. Seems okay, but also not very many games. Now we get to Vader. Vader has been in 151 games and has won 57% of them. Ahsoka has been in 309 games, has a 53% win percentage. Dooku has been in 404 games with a 52% uh, with a 52% at win percentage. Grievous, 106 games at 51%. Asajj, 452 games. This is the second most with a 51% win percentage. The Grand Inquisitor, 79 games, 51%. Maul, 382 games, 49%. Lumi, 102 games, 49%. Obi-Wan, 483 games, 48% win rate. And then Anakin at 396 games with 47%. So I will say before Sam gives more uh, astute commentary is that this is an extremely even field in terms of we are talking about, um, with the exception of the two figures who have been played in, you know, Mace and Talzin have only been played in nine games total between the two of them. All these other figures are within 10% percentage of each other. Vader and Anakin. Vader's at 57%. Anakin's at 47%. But really, everyone is super close. And that actually gives me a lot of comfort to knowing the general balance of the meta. But what are your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, so I I think this list more actually reflects where I think the game is right now, more so than the TTS League right now. With Vader being... Um, not only an incredible primary, but really flexible in his list building. I've seen Vader Django Magna Guards. I've seen Vader, um, well, I've seen a lot of him with Magna Guards. Some people still bring with the final first, but like even like Vader Rex Magna Guards, you know, just kind of like these. Vader can kind of take whoever he wants, and Magna Guards pair really well with his identity. Yes, um, absolutely. And then, you can really bring whoever you want with him. So you can just take the best secondaries and supports or the best other primary and throw them together and have a good list. Yeah. Um, Cause he just makes everybody more consistent with his identity. Yeah. So, I think, I think Vader is, I think Vader kind of like Maul is going to be the good stuff primary in terms of you, you put him with just the, the good stuff. And that's, that's a, a list, which is really, it's always great to have that in a meta, whether it's a deck building game or anything, it's great to have just like a good stuff list that you can just put yeah. the stuff together. And that can kind of be the baseline against what, which things are measured. I think specifically a good melee stuff list because identity does need melee attacks. So like, oh, is really yep. good with him. And only yep. two can get repositioned to your Magna guards. If you don't bring any other separatists, which is real good too. Great um, point. You know, so uh, the Grand Inquisitor, I think, is really becomes quite good with him um, because you're going to get off the Grand Inquisitor's identity when Darth Vader's murdering stuff. You see a lot of Fifth Brother in that list, who's a very, very good uh, support character. Yeah, Fifth Brother um, feels incredible. Yeah. So um, you just kind of throw a bunch of good melee stuff together and then go at it because you're changing that, you're losing stamina to get more consistency on your dice um it's excellent um and then you kind of have the uh another good stuff character ahsoka you just kind of throw her in with yando's other good stuff she kind of fits anywhere and then you have the separatist contingent yep who i think are like right there as pretty established as they seem to be a slight tick better than the republic right now not, not yes. massively. You can take the Republic yeah. and win an event. Don't get me wrong. 
Yeah. But they seem to have the better support for them right now. And then you kind of have um, Grand Inquisitor and Lord Maul. I think this is more where Grand Inquisitor is. Uh, I think in the TTS specifically, he's always with Vader, and Vader's great. I think this yep. shows him playing other stuff as well, um, which I think lowers his win percentage when he's paired with other stuff. Still 51%. Um, yeah. And Maul, kind of, again, kind of that good stuff list on the reverse of Grand Inquisitor at 49 right now. Um, I think part of that is because Maul is a very tricky character to play. I think he, I think people think he's a beat stick, and he is more a control piece with an offensive focus. Agreed. Um, and you play him as a beat stick, he doesn't do as much damage as you would hope. Yeah. And then you have the um, great, the Grand Republic contingent coming up at the at the bottom. Yeah. Just under fifty percent win rates. I think a lot of that is because of the current. I think because of Cody is. Cody and the 501st seem to lag behind. Yeah. And those characters probably, probably pulled out these primaries a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I I, I, I would say, like, well, let's, let, let's start talking about this. Because first yeah. off, looking at this, so I would think, I, I observing the, the, the Facebooks, there were two tournaments that I, that I saw the results for with over 16 players. This does not include our local tournament. Where six, over 16 players, Dooku, Grievous, were the top two in both tournaments. And th- that that's... Seems, that seems right. That's, so, I mean, that seems real good, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that is the current list to beat, is what it sounds like. But looking at these results, these are really good players reporting their results. I assume that they are also playing... There's healthy amounts of Grievous, Dooku. It is obviously not racing to the top. So first off, I want to ask you, Sam, do you think the Separatists are too strong or do you think it's just a matter of need more games, need to figure things out? What What do you think? Are the, are the Seps too strong? No, I don't think so. Um, I think I think the data points that if anyone, it's Vader. I don't think Vader's too strong either. Um, yes. I think, I think the Seps just, I think you need to have a game plan when playing with them. And um, I think that can, it's one of the trickier game plans to figure out. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of that is because you, you want to focus particularly on killing supports. So it doesn't trigger Dooku's ability. That makes Grievous less effective. Um, you know, your Magna Guards are no longer going to be protecting your Asajas and your Grievous anymore as soon as they get, get wounded. And sometimes, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're just like, oh, that's, that's what you need to do. I think, uh, pins, um, I think pins can really hurt. They have so much mobility. Pins are both the least effective against them, but more effective against them because that keeps them from scoring multiple points on a turn. Great if, point. The, if you pin the B2s and Phoebus goes, then he can't move two of them to different points, one with Onward, one with Avatar Destruction. So I'm moving one. Great point. You're, you're having the efficiency of, of him moving those people around. Great point. Um, so I, I think it's just... Uh, a point of people getting reps in, and th- this over fifty, this just over fifty percent win percentage, I don't think is oppressive at all. Um, and I think I think it's just a a puzzle to solve in particular. Yeah. Um, I, I I will say, having played, I have played a bunch of games against the Separatists that I think that it is a puzzle to solve on the in terms of how to approach them. Like like Sam was saying, you need to think about the pacing, the timing in which you attack people. I think that the SEPs yeah. is a very high skill cap list. 
that if you put in the time, you can make them do really great work, which means that if you're playing against a player who's really good, you also, it is a very much a skill testing list, knowing target priority, how to attack people, where to put pressure. That is, I mean, it's just not the case that we're just moving into the middle and smacking each other around. You need to really be thinking about your target priority. And I love that about the SEPs that, you know, it's the, it makes for these really dynamic, incredible games, but it also means that if one player knows the, knows how that matchup works and the other player doesn't, you'll have pretty severe imbalance. Um, so that's just something I think to, to be aware of. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's, I also think the, the Duke Revis specifically really wants to win quick, quickly because you are shoving up so many people to the center yeah. of the board that first struggle. Duke who's moving people, Grievous is moving people, Kraken or Koblani is moving people, whoever you bring, or both, if you bring both. You can get your entire squad to the center line. Um, That's so crazy. And people further to the, the other side, contesting the other points, if you move the correct people with your, with your out-of-turn movement. So you're putting on so much board pressure. Kind of what you're hoping to do is just like, um, my people are already... Sp- I'm winning struggle one and I'm already in position for struggle two because I control two thirds of the board. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, being able to figure out how to counter that and to counter position your own pieces for that. Cause I, I think they can kind of run out of steam if you're able to swing struggle one or, or two from them even. And then they're like, you, they've lost their initial advantage that they had of being able to move quicker than you. It's by struggle three, you've been able to get into position as well. So if yeah. you can overcome that initial positioning advantage that separatists have, they, they lose a lot of that that momentum, um, not the cubes, but game momentum. Yeah. And you can swing it back a lot easier in struggle three. So it's uh, figuring out how to survive the initial onslaught to overcome what their initial advantage is. Yeah, I think that is absolutely correct, and I love that. Like, I, I, I absolutely love, I love that assessment. I love kind of thinking about that in terms of solving that, solving that puzzle. I think that's exactly right. Tell me what you think about clones first, and then Mandos, because those are, I mean, instead of just running good stuff, we have these kind of clear factions: the Separatists, the Clones, and then the Mandos. Do you think the Clones and or the Mandos? Are they there? Are they? Are they? Do they have what they need in order to consistently win games? What do, What do you think? Yeah, so I think all of them are there. Um, I think, well, maybe maybe the, the the clones are almost there as soon as yeah. our troopers and pawns officially release. Um, I think the problem with clones is they kind of have two separate lists. They have a Jedi list, yeah. and then they have a clone list, right? The Grand yeah. Republic. And you have to choose what you want to be playing for that, and you have different pieces in support for that. Um, I think right right now what hurts them is you just have some pieces that are definitely lagging behind. Um, yeah. And I think they have other pieces that are superb. Like, I think obi Wumi seems really good. I think Anakin, despite me comparing him to just a Magna Guard or, you know, looking at his points, is actually a fine figure. But yeah. I think he's definitely held back by not having a list for him. Yeah. Like there's he does not fit super well into a lot of these Galactic Republic lists. Like I'd rather just 
throw him in a good stuff list with Vader and bring you some Magna Guards with Anakin, you know? Man, like, that'd be, that would be wild if, yeah, because, I mean, well, we're going to talk about this here in a second, but Anakin and Vader, you can't take them you, you in. You can't the, have them together because of the yeah. special rule. I forgot about but, that. But if but you could. The, I, I think that, yeah, you're right. And I think that the, the point you're drawing is that they both fit a similar purpose in that they're great figures. Um, Vader, however, I think because of how he work, what he brings to the board in terms of his identity, brings something that enables him to be a clearly stronger support piece that Anakin just doesn't have. Anakin has the ability yeah. with good mobility to jump, to contest points, to knock people out of position if you need to, to be able to attack twice. So he's a clearly he's got great he's a great figure. He just does not have the list around him, and he doesn't provide enough. Whereas Vader is like, I'm probably doing a I'm, I am doing less damage than uh, if at the very least I can attack twice like Anakin can. But I'm bringing so much yep. more to the board in terms of um, allowing people to roll more dice and making my uh, melee attacks for my list more consistent. And so I think that is why they're at opposite ends of both of these win tracks vader is winning a lot of games and anakin is not because anakin doesn't have his good stuff list yet whereas vader can clearly fit into these lists and just make them work better no i think that is excellent analysis of where anakin is right now like i don't think he is bad i think he just doesn't have a home yeah vader has a home and his home is excellent yeah um and I, I think Republic is strong. You can 100% win games with Republic. You have amazing pieces like Rex. Ahsoka is a uh, primary Ahsoka is obviously great. Padawan Ahsoka is pretty good too. Yep. You have um, Obi-Wan doing cool stuff. Lumi doing cool stuff. Mace coming out. I think they're in a good spot. I think they have a couple of pieces that haven't quite been solved or figured out yet or just are weak. Yeah. But, um, so that that's where I think they are right now. What do you think as about? As far as Mando's. Yeah. Yeah, as far as Mandos go, I think um, Mandos are kind of at the point where there's all this new and shiny stuff coming out and none of it's supporting Mandos. So I think people are maybe, I mean, Mandos are still really cool, but they're they're not the new and shiny that people want to be testing a lot. Yeah. I still think they are a good list. I think they have good mo- mobility. I think they have solid utility, depending on which Mandos you're taking. I think if we've played more and more, we've realized you don't need to take a full Mando list. Yeah. Like a single squad of Mandos will function just fine on their own. Yeah. And will do good work for you. Yeah. Um, you don't... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's really interesting. That is such a great point because I think that Bo and the Supers are awesome as like this unit, right? Like they're this little ball that is, they have protection and steadfast and you're damaged if you're moving away from them because they're contesting these points. They're, they have, the soups have eight health. Um, I feel like that is, they are a really good unit. And Gar Saxon is awesome. He's so awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right in terms of, if, and this is not saying that Clan Crees are not bad figures or anything like that, but you got it, shove, shove, first two steps. Yeah, and like, yeah, and so it's. I, I just feel like it's. It is interesting because Matt has been running this um, split synergy list where he's running Mando and clones, and he swear he thinks that it's awesome in that it is giving him the ability to move forward with clones and then have. Or I'm sorry, move forward with Mandos with Bo and the Soups, and then have the clones filling the back line. And I. I'm not sure that that's right, but I think that is a really interesting way to approach them in terms of thinking, what can these guys do? What can this Bo-Katan super commando list do? 
And I think, and and with that being the case, like how, how can they help bolster these other lists while we're waiting for more units to come out and the list building to be fleshed out? Yeah. I think one of the best things that Mandos give you is action economy. Yeah. Because the all of them essentially can take three actions a turn, one of them being a focus. Yep. Gar and Bo kind of take four to five actions a turn because Great. Gar's also getting a hunker, which would be another action, and Bo's getting recovered, which are another action. Great point. Right? And plus she's getting a dash. So you're having a lot of action efficiency on their turn. Um, to, to do a lot more, more with them. In addition to their mobility and their better defensive stats than clones, worse than droids, better than clones, um, that they have a lot to offer. Um, they're, they're really cool. I think the split synergy list that Matt's building has some merit to them. Yeah. That they can, they can really do stuff without having to need all the Mandos. I think the all Mando lists are good too. Yeah. I think they're really... Um, I think Mandos are kind of the thing that when you're building a premier list, there's something to take a good hard look at if you want to play two split lists. Yeah. Like I want to play Separatists and Mandos. Or yeah. Grand Republic and Mandos. Vader, Vader good stuff and Mandos. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I also think they're good in a Vader list, like Super Commandos with some extra dice. It yeah. sounds wonderful. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um, I, here's the thing is that <laughs> Vader, Soups, and Bo. Those are all melee figures, and the soups and bow can both really benefit from that added consistency in terms of that is going to enable the soups to get to their push, which normally it's pretty hard for them to do. Um, and also just yep. means they can just spike out tons of damage. And so I think that they, that the bow soups pack package, part of that package can be, can realistically can probably be a part of a good stuff list. You know, in ter- or a yep. good stuff assemblage or building together. If your premier strategy is, I'm going to have four good stuff squads, and this is going to be one of them. I think that's totally fine. Yeah, I agree with that take. I think I think the, I think Mandos are a very solid in con- contention option that you're going to want to be want to bring out to to a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, I think you can even take a if you want more range in a list. Then I think Gar's then Gar Clan Crees are also a good lit thing to, to bring in yeah like hey i want some extra damage from gar um having some shoves from my support characters is nice too yep that you can bring in for kind of more of a ranged ranged good stuff yeah i i want to i mean i'm gonna be playing obi lumi and then i want to play obi2 and you know try some lists out i want to play vader i mean there's so many things i want to play but at some point i want to go back because i i played mandos that was the, our first few weeks of testing, that was all I played and I loved it. But I, then I just, Oh, you know, it's the shiny thing where you're saying it's like, you're saying that's just not what we're playing right now. But I do want to go back and revisit that list because I feels like it might not be SEP level, but it feels like there are some really cool things that list can do. So I think, I think, yeah, I think that it does a lot of really good things. I think it can beat separatists. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that far behind at all. I don't think any of these, I think we're talking like when I say lists are behind, yeah. I'm talking a couple of percentage. Yeah, points. I mean, like, yeah, we're I'm, talking like I'm not talking about a wide chasm. Yeah, agree. Like those who are familiar with IA, there was literally half the models were unplayable. Yeah, 100. percent That's a great, yeah. great comparison. Um, speaking of <laughs> wide chasms, we've already talked about it, but also we've gone longer than I intended. I'm sorry, everyone. We'll be under an hour, I promise. But Sam, there is a wide chasm, and it is between Darth Vader and Anakin. Like that is the one thing yeah. that's really interesting is that 
we've talked about this, but there is a discrepancy. Vader is at an almost 60% win rate in the results that we've got. And Anakin is just, he's under 50%. I mean, actually with the, all of the stats, he's at 47%, which that doesn't feel that bad. But when you compare him to Vader, who's, you know, 57%, 10 percentage points higher, it's great that it's not 60-20, but let's be real. That's, you know, there's obviously a discrepancy there. So do you think it's just a matter of Vader being adding more consistency, better support piece? What do you, what do you think it is? What does Anakin need? Yeah. Um, Anakin's a tricky piece. Like, as I said, I don't feel like he has his list. Anakin's biggest thing is that he can score you extra momentum. That's a great point. So like scoring, there's been so many games where my opponent's been literally one step away from winning the struggle and I've turned it around and won the struggle. Great like, point. That's not an uncommon occurrence. Some games you just kind of roll through and stop and never really gets that close. Yeah. But there's a lot of games that you can you can really turn the tide and be a single step away. And Anakin changes those margins. Yep. Great point. Um, that is his best thing. The problem is there's a lot of things that can stop that. Yeah. Like, you know, Dooku can move away. Maul can smack him back. Ahsoka can reflect half the damage. Vader can smack him back. There's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you wound somebody else on Dooku's team and you do get your extra momentum, but you don't get the point because he moves a droid onto the <laughs> Great point. You know? Yeah. You know, so true. There's a there's a lot of things about that with Anakin that have a way to counter that. And you really need to be leveraging that extra momentum and really you want to be doing it twice. Yeah. You really want him to be your shatter point target and to be taking down a primary or secondary each time. And it's a very telegraphed game plan yep. that um, people can play around. Yeah. And I think that is part of the struggle. Also, you know, there's the fact that he, until, until I think he will go up a couple percentage points, one or two, as soon as the base window box releases, because then yep. the stuff he can bring just gets better. Yep. Agreed. Um, but I think that part of it is his game plans are very telegraphed. Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily have the other support to bring it all together. I think that's I think that's right. I am very interested. I the list I have thought about running with Anakin is Anakin, Obi two, Magna Guards, and then mm, yeah. and then um either Rex or Ahsoka as your other secondary character, and you know, you can kind of do whatever as they're supporting Maul as the other primary so that your economy is really good. Because then you've got yep. ways to kind of you're you're solving kind of the economy problem. You've got good melee. I mean, got good melee, got great melee, um, and ways to move both your magnet guards and Anakin around. So that, that's kind of my thought. But I, I like you like you're saying. I just don't think it, it's just not quite there yet. But yep. hopefully, you know, in the next month or two, we can see the the kind of material that he needs in order to really turn it around. Yeah. I think um, the ARV Troopers giving exposed before he attacks oh, too so can really good. help your Force Academy. Yeah. Because um, his combat tree, the one that does like seven damage and strain on his first three steps, can just one-shot people if he gets enough steps through. Yep. And with Expose yeah. and his dice pool, yep. he probably can. Yeah. And so um, I think that's really going to help the Anakin lists be more efficient too, more Force-friendly. Yeah. So you can just do one attack, I kill a guy, I get my my momentum and move my and move the struggle token and just seems great yeah uh, i 100 agree i think it is the case that arf troopers 
you know, they're three, they're three points. I think they're clearly better than the five Oh first, but that free expose, I feel like is going to really swing some games. So I'm very excited for that. So. Yeah. And as far as Vader being good, I think he's just going to still be good. Yeah. Because he can do good stuff. Vader's, yeah. yeah, he's just good. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. All right. Well, we have gone an hour, which is longer than I intended, but it's just been so fun to think of, to get your thoughts, Sam, and to kind of break apart these units. I'm really happy with how the meta looks right now, even though if it feels like in games I've played that the sets feel a little bit strong. I'm really interested to see how that breaks out. I'm excited to get to another tournament and be able to play in more organized games as opposed to... I mean, we've been scrimming every week, um, but in order to just play more games in a more competitive setting is really interesting. So we want to encourage everybody, join the Slack, join the conversation, help us know how to to make Anakin great and make Magna Guards less great um, and Grievous. It's not Magna Guards. I mean, it's Grievous, Magna Guards, Dooku. Man, there's just a lot of off Kalani, Kraken. What a load. Anyway, yeah. join the Slack. Have a lot of fun with us. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Rate and review the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. <laughs>